This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth planners and investment managers who offer unwavering support in challenging times. Visit CanDoWealth.com for more information. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Cindy Yu and I'm joined by Katie Bors and Isabel Hardman. So Keir Starmer was in Manchester today and he announced his five missions for if Labour comes into government. Secure the highest sustained growth in the G7, make Britain a clean energy superpower, build an NHS fit for the future, make Britain's streets safe, break down the barriers to opportunity at every stage. Katie, it's quite a list. Yes, and Labour have been quite sensitive about any comparisons with Rishi Sunak's five priorities. I think this is very different. It might just be that Keir Starmer and Rishi Sunak both really like the number five, as have many politicians in their time. But they're trying to say these are much more ambitious. Uh, Rishi Sunak's five priorities may have come first, but if you think about inflation getting that to half, this is, uh, they're saying, well, that's a cheat because it might happen anyway, whereas these are really difficult things to do and they're willing to be held to account on it. I have to say, looking at them, they sound like obviously ambitions, some big ambitions. I don't think this is setting the world alight today, the speech, in, in all honesty. I think it's clearly part of Keir Starmer's plan for this year which is to uh, use various events uh, rather than just one big one uh, use a series of events to set out and give a better sense of what a Labour government would do you look at the polls that you got polled this week which I think you know is even worse for the Tories than, than some of the recent ones and you almost think Kirstama doesn't need to say anything and, and he would mm. still ha- have those poll ratings but this is about what happens of course if that lead which many in Labour think does exist in the sense that it's quite clear that Labour look more poised for government and the next election than Tories, but is fairly soft. So give more of a sense of what Labour will do. I think in, in terms of what they are promising to do here, I think there are questions about how, uh, you know, some of these things are actually going to get growth. We hear every politician talk about growth. And so that's something you'll hear more from Rachel Reeves on. I think improving the NHS, I mean, I think that is something which... Um, every party will promise to do so so you look at these so growth nhs raising education standards there's nothing here that specifically says oh this is something labor will do the tories won't do it's just who do you think is more likely to do it isabel what's your take yeah the, the point that katie makes about uh, labor being more likely to do it i think is one that does worry the conservatives because they know they can't go into the next election say give us an historic fifth term to do these things when we've had 15 years in which to do them. And I I think that there's a real worry amongst Conservatives who are very anxious about this election anyway, that they don't have very much evidence to show in terms of their achievements to the electorate at the next election. And what achievements there have been, there's been quite a lot of trashing of over the past year and a bit, either in terms of... uh, uh, economic stability by the uh, the short-lived Liz Truss experience um, <laughs> or just by the way in which leadership contests have been conducted where you've had candidates basically saying we've been rubbish at this that and the other and you sort of think god who was in power oh your own party so that is a real worry for the conservatives I think what Keir Starmer is if he does end up in government still going to find really difficult is that there are a lot of his MPs who are basically happy to go along with this reform talk and we're not going to get the big government checkbook out talk as well. 
in order to win an election. Mm. What they're less prepared for mentally, and I get this from the conversations I've had with them and with their colleagues who are worried about this, is the reality of that in government. So are they really prepared to do the really difficult reform on the NHS, for instance? Are they really prepared to have Rachel Reeves as Chancellor still saying, no, you can't have the money for this? Because it's tough if you're a shadow cabinet minister to have the shadow chancellor say, no, I won't let you announce this plan because I'm not going to commit this hypothetical money. When you're an actual minister and you want to do something that would actually happen as opposed to just appear on a pledge card or in a manifesto, that stings much more. And there is a real tension between those who see this as Labour's new way of operating and those who see this, I, I think, a, a bit like a sort of... I don't know, a short-term diet to get ready for the summer sort of beach wear kind of thing. And then it's like, right, I'm on holiday now. I'm just going to go to the all-you-can-eat. And I think there's a lot of Labour people in, in that camp of, you know, oh, fine, we'll just say whatever to get over the line and then we can we can get back to being what we what we feel comfortable with. But this is, I think, supposed to form the, the basis, the framework of something that might, obviously, as Keir Starmer said, move into the manifesto, but also a potential pledge card uh, for the party, which is why both Sunak and Starmer are are talking about five parties because they tend to fit nicely on small (laughs) business card shaped things. And Katie, on the government side, they've made an announcement about how they can fix the backlog in the asylum processing system. The pledge is to have about 12,000 claimants from countries such as Afghanistan and Syria and Libya to just fill out a questionnaire and basically expediting that process. How has that gone down in Westminster today? So this isn't the first time this has been heard about. I think uh, it was reported in December. So it's not a completely new policy, but I think the timing, the same timing as today, we had this hit backlog hits record high, 160,000 migrants awaiting decisions. Now, when you had the backlog, that is something where you hear a lot about Tory MPs complaining about the fact that hotels are being used. Mm-hmm. You had a Prime Minister's questions this week, one Tory MP say, I've had constituents who's been organising weddings for members of their family that have been cancelled because the hotels have had to be used to hold uh, those who are seeking asylum. So by clearing the backlog, you're moving these people into a point where they can potentially start contributing. But I think that does not mean that this announcement has gone down well. And actually, moving to a situation where uh, now you know a questionnaire which will only be in English and you have to do it and if you don't fill it in then that is taken that you no longer plan to pursue your claim is meant to be a speedy way and these are the countries which, which by far have the highest acceptance rate anyway mm. I think about a 95% acceptance rate so I think the idea is well this clears up some time for those coming from countries where you really need to use the interviews to work out if it's valid but the issue for the Conservatives is there's very little trust right now in what they're doing on immigration. And I think um, you can see partly in the way this has been written up, which is just this idea you're waving through, you're just letting people arrive. Mm. Could that be used by people smugglers to say, look how easy it is to get in the UK? It shows you that even something which might help clear the backlog, and I think the suggestion here is they think most of these claims would be valid under this current system, also suggests you have a softer system. And we're still waiting. I mean, we've been hearing about how the Conservative government is going to bring this legislation on small boats, which is meant to be something which is going to unify the Tory party and get very tough, which is stopping you from really being able to claim asylum. 
should you come here legally but we'll get to get an answer on that still going between number 10 and the home office I think the home office uh, wanted to be tougher perhaps than number 10 do and it's a question of how much can you put in it and actually not have it be challenged in the courts or have a chance of looking competent rather than just sounding so you're saying a lot of these things and I think as we wait for that it's not looking good for the government that the stories they have on this mm. are, are ones which are being interpreted as just letting people in. Isabel, looking more widely at the mood of the week when it comes to the Northern Ireland Protocol, I mean, is the timing particularly awkward because of that? Because it, it's kind of annoying the same group of Tory MPs who would be annoyed about what Rishi Sunak wants to do with the protocol and what he wants to do with this 12,000 asylum seekers. Yeah, the, the boats... Uh, issue more widely was something that Rishi Sunak had seen as being a, a unifying policy for the Conservative Party, something Katie wrote about in one of her recent politics columns in, in the magazine. The problem is it's not unifying enough to stop, for instance, a Home Secretary resigning over the Northern Ireland Protocol. And um, I think this, you're sort of seeing this week that the limits of policies that that might well be very important to Conservative MPs. Like Katie, I've, I've spoken to ones who said it's not just right-wing Conservative voters in their constituencies who are upset by this boats issue. It's their Labour voters. It's their quite liberal voters who are just cross that there are people being put in hotels rather than integrated into the community and being able to get on with their lives. It, it irritates pretty much everyone on the political spectrum. But when you have something so fundamental as Northern Ireland Protocol, that unity doesn't matter very much because this is a bigger issue even than that. Yeah, it's interesting. There are some figures in government who thought in terms of the protocol, the the best situation you could have would be agreeing the protocol around the time that you're also introducing the new boats legislation so in a way you are giving something to the right of the party which which they would like if you think about uh, some things that are being discussed in it at the same time as saying well there's some things you like we're not going to give you everything on the protocol so so see that one through but that has not so far worked in terms of timing as many things in politics (laughs) katie and isabel thanks very much and thank you very much for listening